your turn to be afraid. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt podcast. Welcome back, guys, and thank you for joining us here on Nerds from the Crypt, the podcast that reviews your favorite and sometimes not so favorite horror movies and uh, invites indie creators to talk about their upcoming projects. And today we're going to be doing... A film that it's um, that I've it's been on my radio for a long time. I had already watched it once and loved it, and just never got around to to talking about it on the podcast. But today, before we even uh, disclose anything, we're gonna do. I'm gonna go ahead and introduce my my panel for today. Um, my co-host, as always, Greg. Hey, what's up? And David. It's me, David. And Master David, actually now. Yeah. I just graduated. That's right. Congratulations, David. Ah, thank you. <laughs> And we're going to be bring uh, bring back another friend of the podcast. We've been doing that a couple a couple of weeks in a row now, bringing back um, guests that's been on been on to review a movie. And one of the, our our best guests that we've had because he's be t- returned into one of our our best friends here, Casey. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Happy to be back. Always a real fun time to uh, chat it up here with nerds from the crypt. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, it's um. We, I've always told you, right, that whenever you want to come on for a movie, just let me know. Um, or, and I think I've I, I've thrown out in, um invitations before, but like an hour before we're gonna record or something like that, and it's like, yeah, you gotta give me more time. That like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but I always appreciate the invite. <laughs> I'm glad I got to come on. <laughs> uh, so Casey, let's catch up with you. Um, how have you been? I'm doing good. Uh, you know considering um, <laughs> the current circumstances of the world. Um, but, you know, the weather's getting warmer here in upstate New York. Uh, so getting outside more and enjoying the sun, um, that's definitely helped. I think if this happened, you know, at the end of the fall, going into the winter, oh. it would be way, way, way worse yeah. <laughs> than it is now. So um, now that we're getting a chance to, like, actually uh, enjoy things outside um you know it it's it's okay i miss grabbing a beer at the bar but <laughs> i can i can do it with my wife <laughs> That's yeah, fine. yeah and you're right because imagine being in three months of uh coldness of yeah. uh, dark yeah. days early dark days and nights and then just being stuck in your home all day <laughs> oh man yeah it'd be like they living in seattle yeah. Oh, hey. Well, hey now. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is right hey. now. So. <laughs> Sketchy brother. Um, which is actually the the uh, setting of um of this this film, right? That we're going to be talking about in a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great segue. Yeah. <laughs> well, not not a great segue because I'm going to go back because I'm going to come back to later. <laughs> but anyways, uh Casey, uh what else uh, what else have you been up to? Well, funny you should ask. <laughs> you know, we're, we're getting ready to uh, go into a new launch um, for Hollowed. Um, I kind of bundled it together, issues one and two together, in case you missed the first issue. But yeah, we're dropping the Kickstarter soon um, for that. And I, I did it. I, I came on last time um, and talked about it back in the fall actually but you know what i'll be quite honest with you my focus wasn't on it as much as it should have i recently became a father 
and like we're going in like my wife had just gone back into work Mm -hmm. and it felt like a really good time to launch a kickstarter but reality was (laughs) was a cruel mistress (laughs) and it's it's that tricky part of the year though that where it's like people have money but they're also kind of saving up for for black friday for christmas yes yeah it was it was a little it's like the perfect time for that type of of comic but it's also like that edge point where people might not want to to jump on right right then and there yeah uh learning lesson so i'm i'm fired up i'm ready to go now um got my ducks in a row and uh we're actually going to do a live show um the way i kind of designed it is almost like a talk show yeah where um my partner who i run uh, don't forget a towel with He's going to interview me and then the artist, Darius Johnson, um, the letterer, Michael Hoffer, and then also my music uh, creative team there, Brian Ort. So it's going to be kind of fun that we'll have, quote unquote, special guests to come in and, <laughs> you know, all over Zoom or Facebook Live or whatever. <laughs> oh, I've already cool. uh, submitted my my um, RSVP for that virtual um We'll probably get you in there too. We'll throw an interview on with you, <laughs> just oh, <nice>. because. <laughs> well, um, what's it called? It's, it's going to be before my haircut. My I've I have my I have my quarantine hair going on. Oh uh, yes, my wife put a put a man bun on me yesterday. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Don't knock the man bun until you try it. Well, I tried it yesterday. It was actually pretty comfortable. But, uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, that's the first time my hair has been long enough to even do something like that. And uh, I'm like, oh, it's going to scare people because <laughs> I have massive hair now. I don't know. Uh, for everybody who's been listening to the show, um, I always refer myself to, I refer to Doctor Who. I'm like late series nine Doctor <laughs> Who. Right <laughs> so if you all know what, if you all don't know Doctor Who, then you know the length of my hair. <laughs> Anyways. Um, <laughs> So what, what what can we expect here with the new um, new launch of, of Hollowed Issue 1 and 2? Yeah, so I, I adjusted the tiers a bit. Um, I wanted to bring it down uh, cost-wise so that I could get it out to more people. I also want to use that psychology of if it gets funded, then more people are going to want to give money to it. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. it's, a, it's a true thing. Yeah, and I'm I'm the same way. Like I've backed a lot of Kickstarters, and it's either like you know when it's um, really close and you want to push it over, mm-hmm. or almost like it's over and you want to see just how much money they can make. Yeah. Like um, recently, Tom McFarlane launched uh, the Spawn toy, like a reissue of the toy from like 1990 or something, yeah. mm-hmm. and. I remember having that toy when I was a kid. I still have it, actually, like in my house somewhere. And um, anyway, so he did this thing, and I was like, eh, it's not going to make that much money. It made over $3 million, Holy which is like moly. the it's the biggest toy Kickstarter of all time. So, But I had that. I was like, oh, should I spend the money on it? And then I it, it made that much, and I was like, well, let's just see how far this can go. <laughs> so... <laughs> I felt glad to be a contributor to that uh, to that Kickstarter. So I'm hoping that same psychology reaches out to some other people. Maybe not three million. I'm okay with like a few hundred, just so I can get it printed and and um, and ship it. So yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Have you had any any um, what's it called issues right now with what's going on as far as getting someone to be able to publish it, or have you been able to figure that all out? All that. Out? No. Um. Yeah. I know. Uh. Maybe Greg, you know this company too, like Kablam Printing. Uh, yeah. yeah. They went under. Yeah. Um. During this, and um, I think what's happening is that some of these places that are going under they were already not doing good and maybe you just didn't know about it. And this just kind of blew that all up or put a magnifying glass to it. So I use comics wellspring, um, as well. And they're super fast. They're, I think a good price as far as printing goes. Um, and you know, they're, they seem to be okay and still rocking and rolling. So, um, I'll be using them like really this Kickstarter, is for the printing and shipping Mm -hmm. and that's it and that's another reason why i brought it down like it's completely done and uh darius is already rocking and rolling on issue three and four right now so so it's just to cover this cost yeah it's a great way to get people to actually want to to um contribute is because they'll know they're not gonna have to wait so long to for for it to come so yeah it's a good way to have them you know say like oh you know what I'll go ahead and do it. Yeah. I think that that was another learning lesson too, is like, just like what you said before is like, you're waiting and you're like, uh, it's winter time. Is it going to come before Christmas? If it's a Christmas gift, et cetera. And now it's like, this is done. I can get it out in the next month or two. Just, I want to make sure like I can go to the, I haven't gone to the post office in months. You don't have like, I, do, I, I still need to do all that stuff, but I'm sure it's fine. I'll just wear a mask, but yeah. Be, be ready to wait in line. I, I do, I do the post office run for, uh, for my, my wife's shop, like on the uh, daily basis. And it's, whew, it's a, it's a journey. Okay. <laughs> Yay. And we live in a ruralish area. Be glad you're not in Texas though. We're, I'm wearing a mask in 96 degree weather. It's oh, not fun. It's not ideal. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. That sounds horrible. Casey, I, I had a question, though, about for, for your Kickstarter. Uh, do, are you seeing any interest from from shops and stuff like that because of uh, the uh, difficulty to get new product in from uh, from normal distribution lines? So are they, they turning into you as an independent creator or hmm. something new? That's a good question. I, ha- I have not yet. Um, maybe when it launches i'll get some places hit me up um you know if if you want to talk about that for a second that's actually something i'm kind of excited about is when uh or guess one of the silver linings of this situation is that you know diamond has had such a hold on the comic Mm -hmm. book industry forever now and with this a lot of um places are going direct to to the publisher, you know, image and, and now they're doing it. DC and Marvel are doing it, but like, yeah, I think that's actually really good is that you could, you could call me up or, or even call a boom or, you know, one of the big guys and say, Hey, you know, we want to order 20 issues of this and not get forced to buy, you know, 400 X-Men number one, just because you want to boost your numbers, even though no one's going to sell them and they're going to sit in a dusty bin. So, um, I'm excited about this and you know, yeah, I think it'd be a great opportunity for, for local shops to be able to get something new for their customers that they wouldn't normally be able to get, uh, unless Mm -hmm. they're going to a comic book convention, which currently right now are on hold. So any comic book shops that are listening right now should take advantage of that. Jump on these, uh, these independent Kickstarters 
find some books that your customers are looking uh, that would be looking for uh, and, and jump on these types of things. This is a, this is this right here is a prime example of that. This hits all those different facets of, of different types of stories, brings them all together and gives a reader something really interesting and fun to read. And uh, I think it would be an exciting thing to have as an offering. So comic book stores out there, listen up, check it out. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Because wasn't it the whole buying in bulk numbers in the past what caused the comic book um, yeah. or one of the things that caused the comic book to, uh, industry to fail in uh, the 90s? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's still pushing it. It's driving it. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, I've seen comic book stores locally uh, and nationally have issues in the last uh, throughout the last year or so just with the numbers driving their their ordering uh, and, and purchasing habits based off of what their customers order for their boxes, as well as what they are required to order uh, for numbers uh, to keep in their stock, uh, to keep in the good graces, if you will. Uh, but but right now, that's everything's kind of gone to, a, a, we'll just say, uh, they hit the pause button <laughs> and uh, a lot of new entities have stepped up to fill those gaps, so. Any those you wanna add in there, Casey? Oh, you know, just um, as far as like the comic book, <laughs> the comic book industry and how it needs to change completely. No, <laughs> um, for Hollowed in, in general, I guess. Um, no, you know, for Hollowed, like, yeah, please come come support it. You know, I'm sure we'll do another plug. Like, but yeah, we're dropping it on uh, the 28th of May, uh, early in the morning. I'm also, and I don't know if you guys have tried this. I'm I'm not advertising it, but I'm also doing it on Indiegogo as well okay. because I kind of figured why not, and I've seen it through a few different people, um, indie comic book creators that are also launching it. But again, they, they don't seem to be like advertising that. I'm just doing it because I'm going to try it out as an experiment and see what it's like. I've never done any sort. I think I've maybe bought one thing off of Indiegogo, you know, one time, but, uh, you know, I've seen some successful projects on there. I've seen some, some big ones on there shockingly and doing research. So, um, and one of my friends did like a, a Friday, the 13th, we should have him on the show. He did, he's doing a Friday, the thir- 13th fan film. Ooh. Oh, really? Um, but he, <laughs> uh, raised the, the money. I think he wanted 13,000 and he raised 10,000 nice. on Indiegogo. So and the good thing with good Indiegogo, enough. Yeah, the good thing with Indiegogo is that you get the money, right? No yeah, you gotta. Yeah, you still gotta give them a little bit of it, of course, um, for them to make money. But I think the majority of that ten grand is going to him. Maybe they take a thousand, maybe. Mm-hmm. But un- unlike Kickstarter, where if you don't make meet the goal, you don't get anything. All or whereas nothing. In Indiegogo, yeah, in Indiegogo, if you don't make it. You can still get the amount of money that was pledged. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, trying trying out that. I mean, same tiers, same everything. Um, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. But I want to just see what the, you know, who are those customers? Yeah. I don't even know. You know, I, I'm kind of the cool thing with the Kickstarter is like the fan interaction afterwards, and you know, I have to communicate with them. Like, what are your T-shirt sizes? Mm-hmm. Like what kind of variant cover do you want? And you kind of get to know them. And then, you know, some of those guys have supported the other Kickstarters that we've done for other comics. So like, that's cool. Yeah. And um, I like that 
community uh, that we've built there. So we'll see what it's like over on, on Indiegogo. Nice. Cool. Well, we'll make sure to drop the links in the, in the description of the, of the podcast so that people can get out there and, and uh, back the, the, the project. And by the time this episode comes out, your it'll be the morning of, of the launch. So we won't be able to put the, the Facebook live in there, but I'll make sure to go ahead and tweet that out to make sure people can, can tune in if they, if they like. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll my, I've made plans to go ahead and, and watch that while, while you're, you're going. Uh, what time is it? Uh, what is that? It's on Wednesday, right? It's on Wednesday, yeah, at 7.30 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time. Okay. But it exists forever, you know, once yeah. you do it. Once it's on the net. Forever? <laughs> yeah. Always? It's forever. Oh, my gosh. I'm Even if you did eat it, it's going to be somewhere there. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just forever. like uh, a Man. <sighs> Why haven't we done That's, that movie? Yet? Why aren't we doing that? That's what I'm saying. We should do that one of these days here. I, yeah. I had to. Thank you. I had to explain that whole entire movie and the concept to my wife like last week because it was a there was a like a joke on some show and she's like, "Okay, that was too deep for me." And how do you recall all that information from some show you watched while you were like 14? And I'm like. I don't know. It just isn't there. Oh, that's so funny. The thing is that Lawnmower Man, and I guess it kind of ties into this, right? Lawnmower Man is based on a story by Stephen King, but Stephen mm-hmm. King sued to get his name off it because it had nothing to do with his story except for like probably a, a couple of seconds of what happens in the movie. And he actually he was successful in it, and he actually took his name off of it. But they were using his name just to um just to get yeah just to sell it and then when it came out everyone was like what is this it has nothing to do with the with the short story <laughs> <laughs> which Wild. which i mean if you if you read the short story it's like how did this get turned into a movie but then you're like yeah it didn't get turned into a movie <laughs> it's it's totally different i mean yeah. the movie itself is something interesting we'll talk about it another day <laughs> yeah yeah I think, it's a, I think it's a uh hidden I won't say jam. It's, it's hidden something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something. Uh, but let's talk about this week, right? Yes. Uh, this week we're going back to 2013. It's actually one of the newer films that we've been um, wanting it to touch. Yeah. And like I said before, it's something that I had watched back in probably 2014. It was on um, Netflix already at that time, I believe. Or was it? I don't even know where I watched it. But anyways, um, 2013, it's uh, Horns based on the story by Joe Hill and uh, AKA Joe Hillstrom King, the son of the, the master of, of horror, uh, Stephen King. Lawnmower Man? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Joe Stephen King related? Uh, this changes everything. Uh, yeah. the, 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 master David's out. <laughs> I feel like it's more of a whodunit than anything else. It, 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 it did feel that way. It felt like a, yeah. like a comedy, like it, it parts mm-hmm. and we'll get into it, but it was kind of a rom-com at times, kind of a whodunit. And the, the gross factor at times was so laughable because it was so over the top in like a good way. That's the thing of this, this movie is that it has a like really absurd like plot point. Mm-hmm. But then it, but it, like, it doesn't take itself too seriously at the same time without going off the rails. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, it had a Hallmark crime movie aspect to it. <laughs> I've been saying that a lot lately, but boy, oh boy, you keep picking them. So I think you really want to do oh, that this Hallmark. Casey. Oh, oh, Casey. Man, Casey, you've been listening to these episodes pretty well. 
I may have taken some cues from. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, no, but yeah. it it was uh, it, it had that feel of like a a little bit of that and a little bit of this, so laughable at times, but good. Really surprised me is that this one's considered horror mm-hmm. a lot more than like say misery is, but I yeah. feel misery has a lot more of those elements than this one. This one does definitely have the elements that you look for, um, but. It, like I said, I, to me, it's more of a whodunit uh, mystery. Um, yeah, like I said, rom-com. Um, but it does have those those same things that happens with like Stephen King stories, where it goes from from one time frame to another time frame, back and forth, mm-hmm. from grown-ups to, to children. And I mean, Joe Hill writes like his like his father. I don't know if any of you have read his stuff, but it, he it, he writes like his dad. Yeah. I, I joked earlier before we started recording that I I couldn't tell at all that this was this was anything related to Joe Hill or or Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, and the, the thing is that um, Joe Hill actually changed or shortened his name to Joe Hill because he didn't want people to just associate him with his father and just say or give him the praises that his father. But the thing is that if you look at him. He looks exactly like his dad. It's like a, a doppelganger, uh, <laughs> young version of, of, of Stephen King. And it's like, you, there's no way. Once you see him, I'm like, are you related to Stephen King? That makes sense. Anyways, um, so let's talk about this movie here. When I first saw it, I wasn't expecting it to be this type of movie. I like the movie. Yeah. And I, But it's like, it's kind of hard to kind of put it in its uh, in a category, to, for me, at least. Yeah. Kind of hard to put it in a category because of how it is, how it's filmed. Um the director, um, Alexander, is that Aja? Is that Aja? Yeah, I movie? think so. He's known for um, the Hills Have Eyes, the the remake. Hot, hot, hot tension. Yeah, uh, Mirrors, um, Crawl. He just that just came out last year, and Piranha 3D. Oh, um, Crawl with this the one. Alligators. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this one is a little is crocodile. There, there you go. Well, okay. I don't know the difference. I don't. I, I don't. <laughs> Longer snout. There you go. It, no, no, no. It's the you, the way you tell the difference between an alligator and a, and a crocodile is if it sees you later or oh, after geez. a while. Like that. <laughs> um, oh. that joke. I'm getting. I'm getting ready. Oh my God. That, that should have been Casey's. Uh, Casey's joke right there. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm getting. I keep them. I keep them in the back pocket. <laughs> You're keeping them from when when she can actually understand them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Daniel Radcliffe uh, stars in this um, in this movie along with Juno Temple. Uh, he's falsely accused of uh, of raping and murdering his girlfriend, but then he, after a while, he starts to, to develop these uh, paranormal uh, abilities to uh, that helps him actually uncover the real the real killer. And this is where I don't know if I missed something. Do we ever get an explanation as to what happened that caused him to to grow the horns? I think you just don't pee on. You know, memorial sites, or else yeah. you become the devil. <laughs> that, yeah, I, think, I think it's pretty bad luck to smash the Mother Mary statue and then piss all over her. But yeah, I don't know. Because I know he, he's asking why, right? Why did this happen? Which I, I know a lot of people will have them. No matter no matter who who you are, you have those moments of of like, why did this happen to this person, right? The only thing that I can tell that that um, brings up what might have happened. He's, he goes and sleeps with Glenna and the next morning he, you can tell right away, you can see the little protrusion 
very little, but it's there. And then as soon as he goes and sees himself in the mirror, it's already coming out. And it's pretty fast the way this transformation happens. It's like oh, yeah. everyone, each, each time you see him, it's just a little bit more, a little bit more. I can't imagine how much time he spent in the makeup chair just to get those added on, taken off, added on, taken off to, to make them the different lengths. Yeah, it's continually growing like a bad weed. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing, the, the thing is that he doesn't know what's going on. He, but people don't get scared of, for the most part, the people don't get scared of him. They're kind of like, oh, cool. Like Glenna, she's like, oh, damn, they look cool. They look pretty cool. But then he starts noticing that they start kind of um, like opening up inner dark secrets, what they secretly want want for for their life or whatever. Right? They're super and, honest. Yeah, su- yeah, super honest. Super. Uh, well, I don't know if it's not only super honest, but like super dark. Yeah. Like Lena, she she says that she wants to get fat because she, then maybe people will, will like her for her for for herself rather than for her looks or for her yeah. body. I'm I'm a huge, however you say, it, Alexander Aja fan. Mm-hmm. Like since since Hout Tension, and even the stuff like he produces stuff too or writes it. Like P two, um, I really like that movie as well. Um, so I think like. So far, he hasn't failed me. You know what I mean? Like, and rewatching this, I remember I loved it uh, seven years ago. Um, it could it could get cut a little bit. Like some of the scenes are a little bit like okay, like I get it. Like you can do this thing, um, and you know some of the over explanation of like when they were kids and stuff. I was just like, okay, well, I get the Stephen King likes to do that, but I feel like it's done a little bit better, like an it and things like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. So in this one, I was just like, okay, I, I get it. You're laying it on thick. So maybe cut out like half hour of the movie and it would have been a little bit tighter, yeah, uh, but... Yeah. Agree. Oh, go on, go. No, I was just say, I agree. <laughs> yeah, no, no. yeah agree, agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but overall, like, it's it's a fun concept, you know what I mean? And I was reading like the Rotten Tomatoes on it because I was like, is this is good? You know, that happens every once in a while. You go back and you're like, oh man, I thought Mission Impossible 2 is like one of the greatest movies of all time. Oh and then gosh. I watch it again and I was like, this is like four hours long. Like, what is happening right <laughs> That's now? That's so good. Like, <laughs> so, you know, every once in a while, not Mission Impossible 2, apparently, um, you go back to a movie and you say, it's not as good as you thought it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, um, the thing is that I think you're, you're, you're right. It's t- it's two hours long. It's super long. Um, and it could have been a little bit tighter at, at points. Um, I think they went back to the the well of the, of the kids. Um, almost every time he touched one of the friends, right? Yeah. He, they went back to it. Yeah. Um, I think they, they could have probably left out uh, probably one or two more of those scenes and or either that or kind of um, joined them together at the very end yeah. with uh, with Lee and and with uh, Marin yeah I mean when they fought the the clown and everything like that and there the, the was like the stream <laughs> of balloons I think that that could have they could have lost that too but oh wrong movie um but at, at, I, I want to say like at a point my wife just looked at me we we're watching this movie and Anne was like I'm going to go play Animal Crossing. And she just like walked away because she's like, this movie should be over by now. <laughs> no, it's definitely one of the movies that, that I, that even though I enjoyed, I can definitely see where people would, would fall off on it. 
how did you all take the the whole horn scenario? I, I said, like I said, it it seems pretty um pretty um what did I what's the word I used to begin with? It, it doesn't seem like to be like the greatest um plot device, right? To to move the movie forward, but it I've at the, I think it, they handled it cor- uh well i think the the way that they handled it with a little bit of humor here a little bit of darkness here a little bit of both a dark humor um and then just like people some people being freaked out about it some people not they didn't take it too seriously but they didn't take it to the point where they're making fun of it or you wouldn't make fun of it necessarily um, as they're coming out yeah i i think like tightening it up a little bit would have would have made it like run a little bit smoother in some places uh and and move the story quicker to to the next like the 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 next big point of the story but i feel i mean they did it they did a good job uh it definitely it definitely conveyed what was going on and and how how everything was playing out um there's definitely scenes where people are reacting to his horns that could have um, been either consolidated or completely removed and it would have pushed the story along faster. I thought it's good. You know, I think Joe Hill for me is a little bit more humorous than his dad is. Um, I haven't read that much Stephen King. I can't say. So, you know, I've read, uh, what is it? Um, Lock and key. I read all of that Mm -hmm. and that's it for Joe Hill. So I I've seen some of like Nosferatu and uh, I think he did something with creep show as well. Like the TV show. Yeah. So I've seen some Joe Hill stuff there. He seems to be, you know, more tongue in cheek than Stephen King in my opinion. Um, and that's cool. You know, I like that. That's different. I think that the horns thing and that whole concept is a great idea. I think it's innovative. I think I've never seen that necessarily before. Um, and, you know, going, I, I thought it was really cool. Like, I don't know why I forgot that scene, like where he turns into an angel, but then he oh, doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets the fallen angel, yeah. even though it's maybe a little spot on to Gabriel or whatever. Right. But at the same time, I was like, that's cool. <laughs> so like overall, it was just, you know, it's, it's a cool concept. It was, a, it was a really neat way to do it. Yeah. I think, um, so I was, before we started recording, I was talking about last year I met Joe Hill and he's super tongue in cheek. Like before the show was supposed to start at like seven and like seven fifteen, he starts sitting in next to different people in the audience and just says, you know, like, what is everybody waiting here for? Um, and just like a really funny guy and the whole plot of the horns, it reminds me, and this is just cause I just graduated. So I'm thinking of this of like my writing classes where you'd have a professor be like, all right, pick one item that's going to carry the plot of the move, the story. What's that item? Okay, go. And there are part like the horns work really well to move the whole story. And yet there are parts of it, like when the snakes enter into it, it kind of took me out. Like I get it, Ed, to the whole like dark angel satanic thing. But I was like, what are these? Now we have snakes. Like there are snakes <laughs> in the planes now. I don't know. Why has it got to be snakes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't it have been butterflies? I don't know. So yeah, so as we as he starts to grow these these things out, more and more elements come in, right? Yeah. And uh, we get we get to see the the snakes start following them around. At first, they're just like around, and they're just you can start seeing them move around, and then all of a sudden they're starting to follow him and follow him. And one even one actually becomes his friend as he and he picks up a, a pitchfork, which it, it completes the 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 look that yes. they're looking for, right? Totally. But um, and the whole time, the whole time, right? We're not, we're not sure where it comes from, where this, where, where, where this is leading. 
um, is it because he truly is guilty and because uh, he he's blacked out? He does not know where what happened. Uh, is it because mm-hmm. of that maybe he, he's been cursed? Um, what what is it? Then we get that little. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's con, it's could be considered a, a plot twist or not, but it's not necessarily a curse. It's more of a, he he says that it's more of a blessing because now he can use those powers unquote quote, unquote powers to search for the killer to get the truth out of people to be able to, to search for the killer. And that's what yep. he does. He goes in and talks to the, to the, the, um, the waitress who tells him, yes, I'm doing it just for this. And then he gets revenge. Once he gets a handle of his power, he gets revenge on her and <laughs> he doesn't kill her, but he, he lets the, the, um, the snakes, um, bite her um, yes. in the face. <laughs> um, so we'll see, we'll see how her movie career goes after, <laughs> after getting his, um, <laughs> Pretty bad, pretty bad poison, poisonous bites in the face. Um, it was bad. He confronts, he confronts a lot of people. He even makes the the news reporters who were have been hounding him um, go all a uh, uh, anchorman on him on each yeah, other. Yeah, it's like battle royale. <laughs> I thought that was anchorman. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Even though um, it's, I like that they made that the girls actually beat up the guy because yeah. they were like, I don't want to see a guy beating up a girl in this, in this movie, right? Um, the bartender, right? They're all scared of him, but then he's like, "You know what? I really want to do. I just want to burn my burn my, my bar and live off the off the um, the insurance." And he just does it with everybody in there. Hmm. And that's really where you see like, like he's taking he's taking power over what's happening. Yeah. He um, he goes to see Lee, and that's where he finds out. Right? Lee Lee tells him, "Sorry, we were we've been together for uh, me and Marin have been together for." For a couple of months, and we were planning to go to LA to to get away and see if this is real or not. Um, she didn't want to hurt you. I didn't want to hurt you. They get into a fight, and then when they see each other again, um, that he finds out really that the the he had well at that point right he finds out that she has his um he has her her cross, and when he takes that off, that's when Lee's able to see the, the horns, and he falls for for all that. He's able to get the information from him. He's able to to figure out because he touches him he feels able to figure out exactly what happened he was so so uh, fixated on her that he couldn't have her that when he actually followed her to where terry left her uh, that night he he tried to kiss her he tried to uh well he did end up raping her and then he ended up uh killing her because she want she didn't want to um return that love for him and we get all that but lee lee is so evil that he's able to kick horns um horns butt all over the place. I call him, I guess that character now that horns. <laughs> the thing is that, that Daniel Radcliffe right, or Iggy, when he's when he has his horns, he he seems to have a little bit more power in him, right? He doesn't go down as easy. He has more, more a bit more strength. But um but Lee's able to take him down pretty easily with these with these chains, right? Mm-hmm. Not only that, he burns them and throws them into the river, um, leaves them for dead, but there's no bodies. There's no body to be found. Um, anybody see Lee's turn come come from early on? I, I didn't, honestly. I forgot all about it. So I was just like, oh, oh, why is this guy so good? I mean, I think you mentioned it, you know, at the top of the cast. Like, it definitely, he's off, you know? Like, there's there's something about him that's just not quite right. But did I think he was the killer? Um, even though I've seen the movie? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> That I didn't quite uh, get, 
stupidly, I guess. <laughs> the thing is, when when they when they when he points out, it's must because you're so good that you can't see them. They're like they're they're throwing that in there for a reason. Mm-hmm. So whether that be good story writing or bad story writing, I don't, I'm not sure because you should be you should I, I feel like you should have been able to say that without saying it. Does that make sense? Like you should have been yeah. able to get that without actually saying it out and expelling it out. But because he said it said it, I feel like it's not as strongly written as if he would have we would have come up come up to the conclusion that that's what it was. Yeah, there's like this fine line where you don't want to tell the audience everything, but it almost came as such a surprise because there's so many like childhood friends and characters that he's playing with. Mm-hmm. That like honestly, it was like, it, I mean, I knew it couldn't have been Daniel Radcliffe because it's like, well, that would have been silly if the whole time it was just him blacked out. But it's like it could have been any of them until you know who it is. So it kind of, if it had been tighter in some spots it would have made that payoff a little better. I, 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 the whole time it's setting up to be Terry. You know, I, I will tell you, there was a moment where I thought possibly it could have been Glenna, and I'm not going to joke. I'm, this is not a joke. I thought maybe because she does confess her love to him and all this other stuff, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you know what? Possible. She could have possibly, <laughs> possibly killed this 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 other woman. and To get with him. To get with him, because she's loved yeah. him for more than as long as he's been with her and and she's a um i think she's like two or three years older than him yeah you know and she's i mean she just keeps showing up throughout the story for the most part i mean at to a point and then she disappears but he tells her to go away so (laughs) (laughs) yeah he does um, does. here's what one thing one of the things that that um that i didn't like so much is when he comes back um burned up her father kind of right away like takes in takes to him and believes him all of a sudden um i don't know if they explained that properly or as to why all of a sudden he's okay with him and she he even gives her the key um that it that marin had hid for him and she didn't want him to have until after she was dead mm-hmm. and he finds the the note that she left him and it, it all ends up being that she didn't want to marry him she wanted to she wanted him to hate her so that when she ended up dying, because she she ends up having cancer the same as her mom, he didn't want her to. He, she didn't want him to be hung up on her to the point where he's like he's like her dad, because she saw how her dad was uh, destroyed after after her death, after taking care of her for so long. So she was trying to to um, to keep him from doing that. And in all honesty, I, I guess I can see where that's going. But at the same time, you, you should give the person the chance, the ability to say yes or no, if they want to go through that or not. I guess this is life's funny way of making it all happen anyways. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, like I said, he, his love is so, so much that what, whatever he did, that he, whatever he did at the time at the memorial that it gave him these, these abilities, it was a, it was, he was able to find her, her, uh, her true killer. Um, I, I mean, like that's pretty much the movie in a nutshell, right? There's nothing that I'm, I'm leaving out. No, other than that breakdance sequence in the middle, um, everything else is pretty spot on. <laughs> yeah, breakdance for her love. Yeah, that would have been a good. That yeah, that if we could just like go back and just find that on YouTube where, um, where, where basically, uh, horns and, uh, and, and, um, Terry's beatboxing. 
Terry's beatboxing and doing some some stuff. It was ironic and iconic that that Terry is a horn player and his brother has horns. Uh, Not only that, they have uh, this imagery throughout the whole movie, um, and even like where you hear things like about good and evil. What is the ultimate good and evil? What is what is the concept of good? Because like I said before, the whole thing is everybody's thinking that this is something that's happened to him because of something evil he did. Yeah. At the end of the day. The waitress working at Eve's. I'm sorry? The waitress working at Eve's. Yeah. (laughs) Getting bit by snakes? (laughs) (laughs) So, but at the end of the day, it ends up being the opposite. It ends up being a blessing for him. For him. I guess up up until the very end. Blessing? Um, Well, no, because he... he gets to exonerate himself. That's that's really what he wanted, right? At the end of the day, he didn't want people to think that he actually did this. Yeah. He wanted to find the real killer. He does, but at, at what cost? At what True. cost? Well, at the cost um, of his friends and family. <laughs> well, no, I mean, the, the people already felt like that, right? Oh, yeah, but his friend Eric finally found love. And then, you know, not to spoil anything. but He, he goes heads over heels for his, oh, his partner. Oh, he does. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, so yeah, so at the end of the day, um, he embraces the, this power again. He uh, when once he puts on her her cross, it like it heals him completely from the fire and from the burns that that um, that Lee gave him. And then when he takes it off, he goes full out molten man um, horns, and um, like you said, fallen angel kind of look. But at the end of the day, he's able to g- gain enough power to take out Lee, get some of the pitchfork, and. Um, kills Lee, but then he's he's mortally wounded as well, and he be, looks like he becomes part of that tree or something. I don't know what what, what the point of that part was, because she had said in her in her what in her note that um, they would see each other again in the tree um, where they where they had their love or whatever. Um, he, he falls at the the, she dies. Exactly. Yes, it is. Uh, she falls in. He falls in the roots, but then he 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 like petrifies, right? He becomes part of the tree. Maybe. He looked like yeah, he kind of. Yeah. He looked like Peter in Hunger Games when he's like disguising oh. himself. <laughs> That's a good reference. Oh wow! <laughs> Y'all didn't see that one coming, right? No, that was oh. no. <laughs> wow. um, so I did ask people to give us some some um, what's it called? Their thoughts on the movie. Um, yeah. In the what what Greg called the RV Horror Club, um, it's RGV <laughs> yes. Horror Club. RGV, <laughs> which is, is which is where I'm from, or the RGV, the Rio Grande Valley. Um, but uh, we have Matthew Espinosa says he loved the movie. He has the book, but he hadn't had a chance to read it yet. So I would encourage you to go read it. Uh, Vicky Loera, Loera, uh, Loera is how you really say it. Uh, Vicky Loera says she loved it. David Earhart truly enjoyed one of Aja's best for me. Radcliffe can almost do no wrong. He's great in this. Liz Garza. I, tr- I truly enjoyed this movie. Isaac Galvan. Galvan. I'm going to say it with my true accent. Isaac Galvan. I, I liked it. I was much more. It was much more well thought out than I initially expected, having actually passed it over several times before finally giving it a chance. Ivana Rodriguez started reading the book but didn't finish it, currently debating on whether or not to watch the movie. So she didn't love the, mo- the book. So let's see if she watches the movie. Um, Kristen HB. I liked it. That's all she says. Uh, we have Andrea Sanchez. 
it took me years to finally watch it. It was it was saved in my watch list for, on Netflix for such a long time, and I always said another day. Then I ended up catching it randomly on TV, and I loved it. I enjoyed it more than I thought it would. Also loved the soundtrack. I need to rewatch it again another day, which is another thing. We didn't talk about the soundtrack. No, it was Roland good. And, and Manson. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, Rod- Rodolfo Rodriguez says classic. And then we have one of the the bad ones. One of, of them, all of them, this is a bad one. Samantha Zuniga read the book, saw the movie, did not like it. Book was definitely better. Which, I mean, for the most part, it's always going to be the case, right? The book's always going to be better. Yeah, I think um, sometimes you're, I mean, well, it, sometimes people are definitely book people. You you see uh, an image in your head that plays out that, that fits the way that you want to see how everything fits together and it and it's it's ideal for you and then when you see it on the screen it's totally different um i mean i I now want to read the book obviously to to compare but also to enjoy i I, not i I don't want to say compare compare but i want to i want to see what the differences are uh and enjoy them both because it was an enjoyable film but i can see where the different the different reviews come Mm -hmm. from from the rvg group RGV, 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 man, RGV, yeah, the horror recreational horror, recreational horror, vehicle horror. I love it. No, no, definitely. I've I've always said I can I I can easily separate the book from the movie when it when they're when it's adapted from a book. I can easily separate the two, and I can love both of them without trashing the other. Yeah. Uh, One of the one of the things that one of the movies one of my favorite movies is Dreamcatcher. Ooh. Totally different. My in my mind, totally different from the book. Mm-hmm. I love the book. I love the movie. Totally different from each other, um, but I like both of them. Yeah. Some people don't like the movie because of the book. Because the book is, is is they like the book so much that they can't see the movie. Can't see it. But for what it is, but I can do that. I can separate them. I can even some people can't do the whole um, remake stuff because of the old things that appeared beforehand. Final thoughts for the movie, uh, Casey. You know, I um. I really enjoyed it. You know, like I said, yes, it could cut out like half an hour and be a little bit of a tighter film, but the fact that it's almost like a, well, it is, it's a murder mystery, you know, with some horror elements, but overall the humor hit, the soundtrack's great. Um, I wanted to say, I did have a note here about his outfit. You know, it was like um, red shirt, yellow, brown, so it looked like flames, and then on the back of the jacket actually looks like like broken wings. So I thought that that was a really cool uh, touch to the costuming there. And then of course, like when you see Marion, it's mostly like angelic. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got that fiery red hair too, like Eve like in the garden Eden. So, you know, I, I even the diners, that garden. kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> some of it was spot on or t- you know, like um, not subtle. And then some of it was subtle, but overall just uh, it was a really solid movie. So, Oh yeah. I thought it was a, uh, a solid film overall. Parts of it could have been tightened up, certainly. Um, I did wonder at times if Daniel Radcliffe hadn't been the lead, if it would have gotten as much tension as it did. Um, but I really enjoyed his performance in it, and um, he certainly, like, for me, pulled the movie along um, where it was. Uh, to, to dovetail off of David's question and to, uh, to hit a All note right. that was... What was that? No, go ahead, go ahead. I think I know you're going with this. Yeah, to dovetail off of David's question and to to hit off a note that Casey brought up earlier 
in a reference to uh, one of the other actors in this movie uh, and the uh, the film. Um, uh, oh man, why can't I think of the name of that movie now? Uh, the Rear Mission Impossible. No, yes, yes, exactly. Mission Impossible Two. No, the Rear 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 Window reference. Uh, what was the other film? Uh, the Disturbia. Disturbia. Yeah, with a. Who was that actor that you're talking about? Uh, Shia LaBeouf. Oh gosh, yeah, that guy. If he was the if he was the main lead, <laughs> which he was cast to be <laughs> before Daniel Radcliffe, how would this movie be? I wonder what our listeners would think. I I think it might. I, I honestly feel like uh, both both actors are very strong actors. They're both they they both would bring uh, a very different. Uh, characterization to the role and uh, they would bring their own their own thing to it uh, i i personally I, I personally would watch it either way uh and enjoy it probably i'm sure i i like i like both their acting chops uh for various mm-hmm. reasons so i definitely would have still watched it because of joe hill you know <laughs> whether whether if i would end up liking it or not i don't know i can't i can't tell you that because the the thing is i do like some movies that um Shia LaBeouf has, has been in. I have not liked the acting on some. Well, and sometimes it's not his fault. Sometimes it's director, right? Yeah. But um, so I don't know. Maybe maybe he 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 could have carried it. Maybe he would have been. I I will never know now. Um, it doesn't say why he dropped out of the movie or dropped. He didn't end up playing it. But um, I'm actually glad that Daniel Radcliffe ended up playing this 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 character in this film. It. I think um, I I think we got a we got a quality film, quality product something mm-hmm. good to watch. Um, but yeah, I mean, Shia LaBeouf would have been great. Even Steven's version, Shia LaBeouf would have been <laughs> fantastic to watch this role. I would have been and so excited. Not, not the characterization of Shia LaBeouf and then, but the actual age of Shia LaBeouf at that home, at the moment. Uh, well, no, just him, him being the age that he would have been in 2013, but just being him cool. being his character from even Stevens running through town, looking for the murder of his, of his beloved. I've said it before. I, I enjoyed the movie. There's a lot of things that I can see why people didn't like it. Um, my wife. So real thing, quick thing. I actually, I had to wake up this morning to rewatch the movie. Cause last night I actually fell asleep and we ended up watching it super late, super late. That's so funny. Yeah. We ended up watching it super late. To the point where, like, if we start watching it right now, I'm gonna be too tired because we we travel four hours to to get um, back where where we were from, right in, um, in the valley. So I was like, if we if we start watching it now, I'm gonna end up falling asleep. I'm tired. Um, I felt think I fell asleep within 30 minutes, and oh, yeah. I woke up and she was still watching it. She watched the whole movie, oh, which she normally doesn't. She normally doesn't like watching the movies that like for the that we watch for the podcast. But yeah. she's been a couple of times where she sees. She's watched them and she's liked them. Um, I don't know if she loved the movie, but she it was it was serviceable. Well, she <laughs> she ended up on yeah she she yeah. we watched it. Um, so yeah, um, definitely parts that that we talked about that could have been shortened, um, maybe consolidated or even left out. That could have could have made a, a shorter film because at two hours it is pretty long. Uh, and I think this film could have could have done better i think overall by with more people if it would have shorter um i still i still give it a a, a recommendation uh, it's for people who have not seen it and people who are fans of, of joe hill people who are fans of stephen king i would still give it uh, a thumbs up for a recommendation not the best film not uh, but by far a little bit more than just a regular film yeah mm-hmm. 
Anyone, anyone want to add anything else before we wrap up? I just looked up how much it made. It made 3.8 million period. Mm-hmm. Uh, off what the, what was the budget? Uh, that I don't know off of box office mojo, but <laughs> yeah. um, probably more than 3.8 million <laughs> just off of those effects alone. Mm-hmm. So let's see what the yeah. critical response was here. Um, Critical response, Horns received mixed reviews. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 41% of the of the critics gave the film positive based on 2023. It's uh, 5.28 um, out of 10. So it didn't do well with the critics, it looks like. Um, however, let's see, The Hollywood Reporter gave it a positive review. Um, and, and this is what it says. It goes, what they said was, uh, wow, this is, all begins as a kind of supernatural black comedy. The mm-hmm. tone grows darker with each revelation. So mm-hmm. it does, like we said, it, it is much like a comedy. Yeah. But it takes myself more and more seriously each time we learn more. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like the fact that they use a gremlin for his car because it's, you know, mischievous. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, you know, and he's kind of. No, no, I, I, and, and I he's think it's funny. Yeah. So I, it, was, it, it was it was a nice nod to that too. So the thing is, like, see, critics didn't didn't like it, but each time I, I've asked about this movie to people, a majority of the people like it. Yeah. A ma- majority of the people enjoy it. Like I said, it's not the greatest, but it's 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 a good film. I, I, it's one I'd recommend to somebody that was like they were looking for something that was on a uh, on a on the cusp of this. Yeah, it had that supernatural feel and all. You know, and uh, and it it would be in the line of like uh, Fallen and or uh, any of the other you know <laughs> kind of things. I'd be like, oh yeah, throw it in there. That's what I I, <laughs> I I would be like, oh yeah, if you like this kind of thing, throw yeah. You, know, you should definitely put that into your like double feature, Fallen and Horns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> double feature there. Put it on the same DVD. Yeah. Oh. Um. Mm. <laughs> Ah, that would be a long DVD, dude. That would be. Both of them were two hours, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's. I don't even okay. think that. That's that. That's that's like two. That's a double pack. <laughs> so we're gonna go ahead and leave it there. Here we took a little bit longer here with a couple of uh, technical issues this morning, but um, we were able to a lot faster fix that a lot faster this morning than we did last time. <laughs> um. But yeah, I wanted to go ahead and thanks Casey. Casey, where can people find you on on um, the interwebs? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Chaz Voltaire, um, or I write for don'tforgetatowel.com, um, which is like a geeky news review site. And, you know, I'm on the internet, you know, and uh, definitely on Hollowed uh, Kickstarter, which drops on 528. Um, it'll run for 30 days, uh, or you could go to Indiegogo, whatever one you feel like donating money to. <laughs> but it's all going to go to me to print these books and get those comics out to you. So, yes, I'm all over. Any final words, Greg and, and David? Imagine Holes with Daniel Radcliffe. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> whoa. Oh my, oh, my gosh. My mind has been blown. Just imagine him going for the splooge. <laughs> That's... We're not digging for anything. We're digging for magic out here. Oh, 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 I got nothing yeah. now. I am. Oh. That's it. Just cut the episode. Yes. Just, just end it. it. All right. 
Well, with that, with that, we'll go ahead and end the episode. We'll see you guys next time. We'll figure out what we're going to watch next time. And we'll, um, we'll see you guys next week on Nerd. Are you afraid? Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrill by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt Podcast.